You can now subscribe and save 20% off every single time with a Strava Craft Copy subscription. That's right. Get it sent to your door two, three, four, six, or every eight weeks and get 20% off every time. You'll never have to put in your credit card info again, and you'll just have it sent straight to your door so you never have to worry about putting in that credit card information or any of that other garbage that you have to deal with. Plus, you'll, you won't have to worry about running out of coffee or anything like that. So sign up for a StravaCraft coffee subscription or just use the code DNVR20 at StravaCraftCoffee.com to get 20% off your first subscription. All right, welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by msudenver.edu slash online. Rigorous and affordable programs taught by teachers who bring the real world into the classroom. They do an incredible job at MSU Denver. So if you're looking to uh, move your education forward, MSU Denver is the perfect place for you. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. Zach, a frustrating one. Ryan, I'm happy I have you to talk to today because, man, we, we all need a little good, a little happiness, a little conversation in our lives after that one. That was, uh, Ryan, I, you know what? It crossed my mind. Is this rock bottom? I mean, we, we've asked that so many times this season, and you're shaking your head no because I agree it wasn't, but it was one of those games where you kind of think about it. The question crosses your mind after you get blown out at home. Yeah, and I think the blowout is uh, is the most important thing to talk about here. Why did the Broncos get blown out? Uh, of course, because he is the scapegoat of so many. I think Drew Locke will get a lot of blame for this, and and obviously he didn't have a great game. But to me, the defense was just straight up terrible in this one, and they had a lot working against them. Um, and you know, I think the Vic Fangio effect got a little blown out of proportion uh, just by how good he was doing in all situations this year when his team was shorthanded. But it was clear he did not have the answers this week for Josh Allen. Uh, The defense ends up giving up 41 points, I believe, Zach. And uh, they just – they stood no chance. They couldn't get off the field. They couldn't make any big plays. Uh, They give up the, you know, kind of embarrassing – uh, exclamation point rushing touchdown there at the end. And, and I thought, I truly thought the defense was the biggest problem today. Yeah. This was a loss on all three phases. You got beat on offense, defense, special teams, uh, and the bills tried to help you a lot of times. And the Broncos said, nah, we're good. This is Saturday ball. We're not meant to play Saturday ball. This was embarrassing all the way around. Broncos almost give up 50 points to the bills. That is just inexcusable. And Ryan, the one that gets me, 530 yards is how many yards the Buffalo Bills had today. We knew the Buffalo Bills were a good team. So you you throw that into the conversation. But Ryan, I don't care how good a team is. If you're supposed to have a good defense, you're supposed to have this up-and-coming young offense, you got to do better in every single phase. Ryan, we didn't really expect the Broncos to win, but all of us expected the Broncos to be right around the spread. I like the Broncos at... Uh, I thought the Broncos are going to cover the spread when it was at six and a half. I didn't think they were going to cover the spread when it was at five and a half. Turns out the spread should have been 30 points and the Broncos would have covered then. Yeah, just bad in all phases. Um, Like I said, I thought the defense was the biggest problem today, but you left five points on the board from your kicker. 
who honestly should have never been out there. Uh, just an awful job, in my opinion, by the NFL of enforcing protocols. Um, they're just kind of making up rules as they go at this point. Uh, for some reason, Brandon McManus's quote-unquote quarantine or testing phase didn't start until Tuesday, even though he reported it on Monday. It's garbage. Broncos leave five points on the board. Does it matter in the end? Nope. Um, you know, Drew Locke, you, I thought the biggest game-changing play was him getting strip-sacked, uh, going for six the other way. You know, that's a 14-point swing on the scoreboard, assuming that maybe the Broncos could have gone down and scored. I forget exactly what the count was at that moment, but it was still, I believe it was a 14-point game at that time. Um, so you could have gone down and made it a seven-point game. Um, and, of course, you know, Drew gets stripped. Uh, they take it back the other way. I thought that was the biggest momentum shift in the entire game. But no person on the Broncos, except for, honestly, maybe Noah Fant, can say they came out and played as well as they could have today and and made all the plays that were out there for them and gave the team the best chance to win. Um they were outmatched by a much better team. You know, I think a lot of people are going to be mad at the Broncos uh, for several reasons. But, like, I've been saying it all week. The Bills are one of the best teams in the NFL. They are a dark horse Super Bowl candidate. They are not to be taken lightly. And they went out and flexed their muscles today. The Broncos were bad. The Bills were good. What happens? Well, you lose by 29 points. Yeah, uh, you have Noah Fant, who, who played well, and Sam Martin. I mean, you, you can't... It, that you can't make that up. The punter and the tight end were the only two players that played well today for the Broncos. And Ryan, the most disappointing thing about this game to me was it was 21 to 13 at halftime. The Broncos did a great job driving at the end of the first half to give them hope to, to really make this a game. Well, we're talking about how it's an eight point game. Uh, the Broncos are kicking to start the second half. All they need is a big stop for them, the offense to go and tie it up or at least get it within one point. And the whole team fell apart. And the whole team seemingly, I mean, just, just what, what the scoreboard said, gave up in the second half. Uh, because then the Bills take off to put up 27 more points on the board. The Broncos' offense does relatively nothing. Ryan, in the third quarter, the Broncos' offense had drives of negative four yards, negative two yards, and a fumble and a drive of one yard. That is inexcusable on the off. Nine total yards of offense in the third quarter. Just absolutely uh, inexcusable. In the second half, the Broncos had less than 100 yards of offense. And then, of course, like you said, man, at the very end, when the backup quarterback is in, all the Bills are trying to do is run out the clock without having to take a knee, and he goes for 50 yards and a touchdown. Just absolutely terrible. The Bills on the day, Zach, 9 for 13 on third down. That can't. If that happens, you will lose every time. Now, the fact that the Broncos got blown out, well, that's a factor of, like I said, all three phases being bad. But I don't care how good the offense was or the special teams. You aren't losing when the other team converts 9 of 13 third downs. On, on the flip side, the Broncos convert 6 of 14 which is a pretty normal number, just under 50%. Like, that's what most teams around the league are doing, especially the Broncos had them in several third and long situations. It didn't matter. Uh, the touchdown early in the first half in which the Broncos, you know, I think they had first and 30. First and goal from the 30. They give up a touchdown two plays later. Um, it was bad play calling from Vic Fangio and at Donatel. It was bad execution from the players on the defense. Uh, it's just 
you know, there's going to be a lot of fingers pointed in, in several different ways. Uh, I want to talk about ownership at some point. Um, but in the end, 9 of 13 on third down, you just won't win. Bar none. You, you lose that game every time. Yeah, no, you absolutely. Pretty much if you go across the board on offense and defense, you can point to pretty much anything and say, if you do that, you are going to lose a game purely if you just do that. And Ryan, you do that, plus you do that, plus you, and then just stack everything up. Well, that's how it turns into a big blowout. And Ryan, there's a lot of things to talk about. Like, like you said, you want to talk about ownership in a minute. You can start all the way at the very top, and then you can go to coaching, uh, and then you can go to every specific player on this team pretty much. And of course, you can also talk about the quarterback position. So what what is your biggest takeaway from Drew Locke? Yeah, Drew Locke, it's a funny scenario because, right, you know, Mace uh, is the ultimate guy saying uh, 60% completions and a positive touchdown to interception ratio. Well, what did you get from Drew Locke today? 62% completions in one, uh, one touchdown and zero interceptions. So if you just want to look at the numbers, Drew Locke did just fine. But obviously there's more to it. Just like when in the Patriots game, when Drew Locke should have had way more yards and way more touchdowns. In this game, you could probably say there was two touchdowns or two interceptions left on the table for Drew Locke. And he obviously was not good or great or enough in this game. You know, I think the same way you can point to the defense and say you're not winning games when you give up nine of 13 um, third down conversions, you're probably not winning games when your quarterback only throws for 132 yards. Um, maybe you run the hell out of the ball and you win that game, but uh, Drew obviously wasn't good enough today. I don't think Drew was the main reason why the Broncos lost today, but he certainly wasn't part of the solution uh, in terms of trying to get this team in a position to win the football game. So, Ryan, every week we kind of talk about, okay, Drew took a step forward. Drew, te- Drew took a step back. He stayed the same. What, where was he today for you? I guess because he took such a big step forward last week, I'd say today was a minor step back. Um, you just, I mean, the throw to Drew Law, or sorry, the throw to Noah Fant in the end zone, that's fantastic, high level. Yeah, it was top, a great throw. Top tier NFL quarterback stuff. Unfortunately for Drew, that's about it uh, on the highlight reel today for him. Um, he did well with his feet. He, you know, he, I, for a long time, he was leading the Broncos and rushing in the end. He ends up with five carries for 37 yards. So I thought that was nice from him. Um, there weren't that many bad, bad plays from Drew Locke. It just felt like to me what I was worried was going to happen, which was the Broncos were going to come off a really good game against the Panthers, run into a buzzsaw of a defense in the Buffalo Bills, and Drew was going to have a very paltry game, and I think that's what happened. You know, I thought the perfect example of what the Broncos were up against today was uh, on a third down. I believe it was the first possession of the third quarter. Drew Locke throws what I thought was going to be a perfect throw to Noah Fant on the sideline. Tredavious White flies into the air and knocks the ball down, and it was just like, yep, that's the difference between playing the Bills and playing the Panthers. Like The Panthers didn't have a Tredavious White to make plays like that. I thought it was a good read, a good throw, everything. Drew did everything right, and they just made a really great play. Um, So I think he did take a minor step back today. Uh, You know, we were talking about early in the week, Drew just has to stay steady to not give away his opportunity to be the Broncos quarterback. 
next week or next year. I don't think he threw away anything today. I thought he pretty much towed the line between average and bad and 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 obviously wasn't didn't help the Broncos win the game and I don't think he was the biggest reason the Broncos lost the game yeah I, I do think he took a step back and, and not a huge step back um but especially from where he was yesterday it was a, it was a step back but not one where where he's fallen off the cliff for for being the quarterback next season Ryan so uh, I I agree with you there and man the, the stat sheet you're right it doesn't look too bad for Drew although it, it's not like it looks good 80 per, or 80 passer rating Curious to see what his QBR ends up being. But Ryan, he benefited in this game from a couple of drop pick sixes from the Bills. I mean, two of them. Uh, one of them would have been really tough, but the other was just a flat-out drop. And then what are we talking about? I mean, we're already talking about a blowout. If those happen, we're probably talking about 50 points. And then we're talking about how this is this is similar to that Raiders game about 10 years ago where, where the Raiders dropped 50 on the Broncos, and that was like rock bottom for this organization. Uh, when you look throughout history. So uh, not, not, the, not, not a fan of Drew Locke's game today. And Ryan, he did one thing really well. At the end of the first half, that two-minute drive was great. He executed it perfectly, did everything, and then, of course, capped it off with the, with the play of the game from the Broncos, which doesn't say too much, but it was a perfect throw from Drew. It was a perfect read from Drew. It was perfect anticipation, and it was a perfect catch by Noah Fan because it, it was a tough ball to catch, but not because it was a bad throw. And so that was a perfect drive, got them exactly where they needed to be, and then it just totally unfolded. Uh, in the third and fourth quarter. But Ryan, from a franchise quarterback, you have to have more than one drive. Now, I know they they had a touchdown drive earlier in the first half as well, but that was set up because of uh, a muffed punt. Now, Drew did what he needed to do, but you know it, 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 you, you have to do more than just that. You have to do more than just one 75-yard touchdown run to be that guy. So a little step back for me for Drew today, but what he did last week uh, really g- gives him a little benefit there. But you're right, it is kind of funny. It's a 62% completion. And Ryan, one of the things you said was, maybe you can win with a game like this if you run the hell out of the ball. When you look at the statute, the Broncos did run the hell out of the ball. 140 yards, five yards per carry average. And you got to give credit to Drew for that because he was part of that. He saw Josh Allen running out uh, on the offensive side of the ball for the Bills. And he said, I'm going to do some of that. And you know what? It looked really good. And I like when Drew Locke did that. So I do like him incorporating that in there. But uh, it, it's just crazy that you you run for 140 yards and you're only able to put up 19 points. Yeah, the 140 yards was pretty hollow to me. Um, especially because Drew Locke contributed 40 of those. You know, that's not when Drew Locke runs for 37 yards, it doesn't mean your running game was solid. You know, it's more like 100, 100 yards on the ground between Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, two rushing touchdowns. He has certainly been the best Broncos running back for the last, whatever it is, five or so weeks. Um, he's been in a groove. He's He finished runs really well today in the red zone. But man, just not good enough anywhere across the board. One guy who I do think was good enough and will get our draft Kings King of the game was Noah Fant. Uh, eight receptions, 68 yards, eight and a half yards per catch, a touchdown, uh, made that difficult catch like you mentioned. That's the Broncos King of the game for me. Um, the only guy I can really point to and said he and say he did everything he could for the football team today. Yeah, he, he was great. And that another great first half. Ryan, we've seen spurts of Noah Fant. Uh, especially early in the season when he was lighting it up. 
First half against the Titans, he did really well. Second half against the Steelers, he did really well. And the second half against the Steelers was the last time Noah Fant had a touchdown catch before today. How crazy is that? So really good to see him incorporated in the offense. And really, Ryan, you could have done even more with Noah Fant. I mean, especially in the third quarter when you're not doing anything on offense. One of the things I would have liked to see is Drew Locke and Pat Shermer really set up easy passes to Noah Fant because Ryan, when he all he needs is the ball in his hands. He's not a guy that you want running 70 yards downfield and catching passes. You want him little nice dink and dunk passes to him to get the ball in his hands, let him turn upfield and let him do his thing, especially when your quarterback is struggling and especially when you just need to keep your offense on the field like they weren't able to do in the third quarter. And I think we advocated this in week one and week two. We were pounding the table saying, Noah Fant's great. Get him the ball even more because remember, it was the tale of two halves for him in both of those. It was the same thing today. Noah Fant was working and the Broncos said, ah, we're not really going to go back to him in the second half. I believe he had like 55, 60 yards in the first half. And then he only ends with 65 in this entire game. So Noah Fant, man, he he's a monster out there. Yeah. Got to keep feeding him. And, and like I said, you know, or like we've said for a while now, Drew Locke has two more weeks now uh, to really solidify his position as the Broncos starting quarterback moving forward. Easier games than he had today. Uh, my advice to Drew would be to get the ball to that guy uh, because that guy is usually open and that guy can make plays with the ball in his hands. Yes, he certainly, certainly can. And man, were they getting the ball in his hands in the first half and not in the wide receiver's hands, Ryan? It's kind of crazy how little the wide receivers were targeted in this game. Yeah, what did Jerry Judy end with today? He ended with five targets, one Mm. catch for 19 yards. Ryan, in the past three games, and if you want to throw a fourth game on it, it was that New Orleans game, Uh, but I'm not going to include that New Orleans game. But in the past three games, Jerry Judy has four catches for 60 yards. Excuse me? Jerry Judy, your first-round pick? Doing that now, maybe he could have caught one earlier today. So it's not just all uh, on his shoulders and not all not on his shoulders, but that is in Jerry Judy should never go a stretch in his career of three games with four catches. Never. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's frustrating. Um, in my opinion, you should start the game. The script should have at least three throws to Jerry Judy every week. Uh, and the Broncos haven't been good on the script. And they haven't been feeding the ball, and it's uh, it's very bad. It's just it's frustrating. Um, as we move on here, I want to give a shout out to Breckenridge Brewery, a presenting sponsor of these post game shows. Uh, they help bring the uh, uh, they help bring these shows to you guys every week. So we appreciate them so much. We also appreciate them for producing damn good beers. I'm day in and day out. They're just producing damn good beer. So check out Breckenridge Brewery. You can go to breckbrew.com and use the Breck Brew locator to find out where the nearest Breck Brews are to you. I promise you, whatever type of beer you like, Breck Brew has the best version of it for you. So check them out. Yes, absolutely. And also make sure to check out our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Ryan, I know the Broncos game did not go how many Broncos fans thought, but there's still so much action you can get in on tonight, including Alabama about to tip off right now. Can't wait for that game. And like I told you earlier in the week, DraftKings Sportsbook, that line has just been going up and up and up. You can still get in on that. And also, if you want to get in tonight on some live odds and live betting, you can do that at DraftKings Sportsbook as well. And If you want to focus on basketball with it returning, 
DraftKings is offering a no-brainer deal right now. They're offering 75-point spread on the team of your choice on opening night. So make sure to check out DraftKings to get the 75-point spread. That pretty much means you're going to win the bet. Uh, so it's just incredible deals that they have going on at DraftKings Sportsbook. And it's also safe, secure, reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get a 75-point spread on opening night for a shot to double your money. That's code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money on opening night. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Zach. Uh, I want to play the blame game with you. And, and I want to start um, narrow focus. I want to look at the, this game through a microscope. And then I want to zoom out a little bit. So let's just start here. Who is most at fault today for the Broncos getting blown out by the Bills? Um, cornerbacks, Ryan. And, uh, you know, who do you put the blame on there? Do you put it on the guys that got injured? Do you put it on the Broncos for not having good depth there? Do you put it on Devontae Bosby, who uh, I've loved everything he's done in his Broncos career up until today? Uh, today was a very, very rough one for him. And the entire Broncos secondary, you know, I shouldn't just say cornerbacks. I should say secondary. Justin Simmons uh, it was seemingly getting beat. Kareem Jackson, too. Uh, some tight ends that open in the middle of the field. So the Broncos secondary... Josh Allen was cooking today. Stefan Diggs was on fire. Ryan, he had like the best game a wide receiver has had against the Broncos in like the past five years. He was unstoppable. Uh, and so with this, you also have to throw Vic Fangio in there. You know, did, did he not do enough to help out these cornerbacks as well? It's, it's hard to put that just because of where the Broncos were, but that's where it started because Josh Allen got everything he wanted through the air. Yeah, and because of that, I have to turn to Vic Fangio. Um, now, Vic Fangio has been put in some very difficult situations this year. And most of the time, he's done an incredible job covering up for it. Um, you know, he covered up for the Broncos, having no starters on the defensive line. Uh, and today, he had to cover up for the Broncos, having no starters in the, in the cornerback room. And is it fair that he wasn't able to put a, together a great game plan for them? Probably not. Um, in fact, I think the Broncos' defense was just in a position to fail from the start. But with that being said, I don't think Vic did the best job he could have. Um, the, Josh Allen just absolutely had his way with the Broncos' defense. Um, they didn't even need to pass the ball, and they just kept passing the ball just because they were having fun doing it. Like They were literally just Harlem Globetrottering the Broncos' defense in the second half, and, and that's embarrassing. Uh, and when your coach is hired for one reason, and, and I don't want that to get twisted at, uh, around any corner, Vic Fangio is hired for one reason, and that's because he's a great defensive coordinator. You can't give up 41 points. Sorry, you just can't. Uh, I don't. The circumstances can be bad, and they were tonight. You just can't give up 41 points. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely cannot do that. Uh, it didn't seem like the Broncos had any different ma difference makers on defense, Ryan. Where's Bradley Chubb? Uh, where's Justin Simmons? Uh, they, they didn't Kareem even get Jackson. one. Not, no one, Ryan. Like, we knew that they had backup corners in there. It looked like there was backups everywhere, Ryan. It really did. It really did. Uh, and the late touchdown run by Devin Singletary really bothered me. Uh, it really did bother me because that was what made it over 40 points given up by the defense. And that's a give up play, like straight up. 
Um, just not enough effort on that play. And that's not just a bad look for all 11 players who are out there on defense. And I'm sure not all 11 players had an opportunity to make a play there. But it's a really bad look for Vic Fangio uh, to have his team wave the white flag in a moment like that. It, it was just ugly. Uh, it was soft. It was lame. And that's the reason why this team gave up 40 points on defense today. You know, without that, the defense gave up in the 30s, which in the 30s, you never want to see it, but it's not embarrassing. In the 40s, for a team that is supposed to pride themselves on the defensive end, that's embarrassing. 40, almost 52, which is just wild as well. So, Ryan, more blame to go around. I'm going to go with Drew Locke. Uh, because he didn't do anything to elevate his team, really. Again, outside of that one drive, and when we're talking about a franchise quarterback, it's got to be more than one drive. Uh, just just nothing to elevate his team. And, Ryan, I am worried taking a step back and looking at this game. Just five completed passes to wide receivers. Now, again, I'm not going to bash Drew for taking what's there. But this game does have me a little worried about, okay, is the offensive game plan too conservative and are they telling drew to be way too conservative because they don't trust him and making bigger reads down the field and and unleashing him he had almost the exact same first half stats this game as he did last week and that was great last week because he was taking what the defense gave him and then it opened up in the second half well it didn't open up in the second half today in fact got way worse in, in the second half for drew and the broncos offense so now it has me at a point where i'm a little worried and i'm saying Okay, uh, is this going to be how Drew Locke succeeds in the NFL if he's only able to hit tight ends and running backs out of the backfield? Um, Now, I think I've seen other things that show me he can overcome that, but it does have me a little worried at this point. And as much as you want to see him make the right reads and kind of be babied a little bit in terms of his progression, you also kind of want to see in these next few weeks, okay, well, I mean, can he read a defense? Can he throw 15 yards in the first quarter uh, or is it just going to happen against the Panthers so that that has me concerned right now uh, because last week it was fine that it was the Nick Vanette Choi Fumagalli show because KJ Hamler came into the game with two huge plays later and Drew Locke did a great job with that but when those big plays aren't there uh, is that going to be every game is that going to be every other game is it going to be every fifth game when the big plays aren't there Um, because what I saw from from that today just makes me a little bit worried. Off the top, and we're gonna we obviously have to watch the all twenty two film to know this for sure. Off the top of your head, do you remember uh, KJ Hamler going vertical on a route today? No, not no, not off the top of my head. Yeah, and again, we might watch the the all twenty two and see it happen five times if we just didn't see it on the on the uh, tight uh, game film. But man, it didn't feel like they were looking for the deep throws a lot today, and uh, we'll see. You know, when we watch the game from that out angle. I want to zoom out from this because today is a very dark day in Broncos history. It, it clinched the fourth consecutive losing season for the Broncos. Zach, it feels like just yesterday we were talking about how since Pat Bowen took over the team in the 80s, the Broncos had never had two losing seasons in a row. Well, Now they had two losing seasons in a row and two losing seasons in a row directly after those two. I want your opinion. Who is most at fault for the fact that the Broncos have had four consecutive losing seasons? Well, Ryan, you you point to the stat about Pat Bolin, you know, that had never happened in the Pat Bolin era. 
well, Pat Bowen's no longer here. So don't, isn't that where you look? And it makes sense because, Ryan, when we talk about this organization and we talk about the big changes, you know, potential John Elway change, a potential GM change, uh, and all of that, we say, well, until there's an ownership change, nothing's going to happen. And so that's where it starts, right? I mean, and the Broncos have been in limbo with this. And Joe Ellis has pretty much told us uh, that no big changes, not even like changing the uniform is going to happen until there's a new owner here. If the uniforms aren't going to change until a new owner's here, Ryan, I mean, that's a pretty small thing to change. Although I did like the uniforms today. They did a great job with those color rushes today. But I mean, that just shows you how little change will happen, even though it's been not one, not two, not three, but four losing seasons. The best the Broncos can do is seven and nine. And Ryan, it's the saddest thing that that was the story two years ago, and understandably so, as it should have been. Now, I mean, y- you brought it up in the fourth quarter today, and uh, it's kind of just like, uh, yep, it's it's another year, and that's maybe the saddest point of it all. Yeah, it is. It is really sad, um, and it's the fall of a really proud franchise and a proud tradition uh, where this team did not lose several seasons in a row when pat bullen was around he would have made sure he did what he needed to do to make sure the team wasn't going to have back-to-back losing seasons um and there's a lot of places to point fingers but the fact that this team doesn't have an owner is the number one reason uh and everyone involved with the joke of a situation that the broncos are involved in right now with the ownership whether it's with the Bolin children, you know, uh, like I said, fighting over who gets the best seat at Thanksgiving dinner, uh, or the the Pat Bolin Trust, uh, you know, twiddling their thumbs as they collect six-figure salaries for doing absolutely nothing. Uh, this is a problem. And there's not enough motivation, in my opinion, by the people in charge to fix the problem because they keep getting paid and there's not enough motivation for the Bullen children to fix their problem because your your situation, if you're Beth Bullen, who obviously wants to be the owner of the team and has a very slim chance of doing so because she uh, burnt some bridges, I'll say, when she was working for the Denver Broncos, um, she doesn't have any motivation to say Brittany should be the owner because it's either Brittany's the owner or she gets her slice of $3 billion. Which would you rather have? It's very obvious. So the Broncos are caught in a catch-22 here where there's no motivation from anyone who's who's in a position to put an end to this thing, to put an end to this thing. Uh, and to me, that's the biggest reason why the Broncos have four straight losing seasons. Now, you, can, you can't just appoint an owner and then all of a sudden ma- magical wins start coming out of nowhere. But the fact that this team is a rudderless ship right now with everyone in their respective departments just doing whatever the hell they want is not going to work. And someone, I I guess the only person it could be is Roger Goodell, has to step in and say, this is a joke. Figure it out or I'll figure it out for you. And Ryan, the saddest part about all of this is that it's probably not going to change in the near future. It would it would be great uh, for the Broncos, and clearly, I think for for everyone, pretty much, if the team was sold in the next month, right? You know, right after the season, new ownership comes in, and then maybe real changes can take place that that need to happen to get the four straight losing seasons over with. 
But now with the court date being pushed to next year, it does not seem like any big changes are going to happen until that's over with. And from what we've seen and heard, it doesn't seem like a settlement is coming in this. So we have at least another nine months of this. And then who knows after that, it may be even longer. And that's just, that's, that, that's the biggest bummer, Ryan, because I don't think any big changes are going to happen. And so when we talk about these big changes, what are we talking about, Ryan? Because we also talk about continuity and how the Broncos haven't had that with their coaching staff. Obviously they've had that with the GM, with the president, with the trust now that it's been in, in the trust name for a long time, but with coaching staff, I mean, do, is, do you kind of draw the line when you get to coaching staff and say, okay, now continuity is actually good when it comes to these guys. Well, I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about John Elway and and who who's at fault in those areas. But quick, I want to give a shout-out to Chevalier Mortgage. Uh, Mike and Virginia Chevalier, not only diehard Broncos fans, but they've supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience, and you can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com to get entered to win a free DNVR hat or shirt of your choice. But more importantly, get a free consultation from Mike and Virginia about the best loan for your situation. You know that your house is going to be one of your largest investments and your mortgage is going to be one of your largest debts. So make sure you talk with Mike and Virginia Chevalier about the perfect situation for you. That's Mike and Virginia Chevalier at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, uh, let me find it. NMLS number 1931006. And Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Guys, also check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They're the best damn family dentistry in the metro area. Only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver, and here's the kicker. They're extreme Colorado sports fans, so you get to go in, you get to talk sports, or probably have sports talking to you uh, while your mouth is open. And then schedule a free cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush when you leave. So that's all you have to do is take care of your teeth, for them to hand you a free Sonicare toothbrush. So go check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. All right, Zach, you talked about continuity and, and where it's good and where it's bad and, and all that. And I think it's an interesting conversation um, because a lot of people want to point their fingers at John Elway and say he's the biggest issue here. And you can certainly make that case. Um, I don't think John Elway has hit on a coach since Gary Kubiak. And I think obviously the jury is still out on Vic Fangio. And I'm pretty confident that we're going to see another year before we know if that jury's out. Um, he hasn't hit there. He obviously hasn't hit on a quarterback. The jury's still out on Drew Locke. And I think we're going to get another year to see if Drew Locke is that guy. He hasn't hit on an offensive coordinator, uh, which we know that he's had a lot of influence in, whether it's uh, you know Vance Joseph starting with Mike McCoy, moving to Bill Musgrave. Vic Fangio starting with Rich Scangarello, moving to Pat Shermer. In fact, you might argue the one that they fired most recently, Rich Scangarello, was the best of the bunch. But John Elway has definitely pressed the wrong buttons uh, several times during this quote-unquote rebuild, which he ne would never say anyway. Uh, so if lack of ownership is number one, Zach, is John Elway number two? It could be. I mean, and Ryan, you look in and what has John Elway done good over the last few years? His drafting, right? Well, how, how good has the drafting been? And that's something that I think is starting to begin conversations with is, well, how good are these drafts? I mean, Ryan, how many times did we hear it leading up to this game? The Broncos could have had Josh Allen. Instead, 
they go with Bradley Chubb and we see what that looks like. I mean, Josh Allen is a borderline elite quarterback in the NFL without a doubt, a franchise quarterback absolutely torched Vic Fangio's defense today. And of course with the Vic didn't have all of his pieces, but still they're 11 and three, just won the AFC East conquered the mighty Patriots did something that they haven't done in over 20 years. So right there, the, the draft pick of Bradley Chubb was not good. The player Bradley Chubb, Maybe, maybe pretty good, but still, I'm, how good is Bradley Chubb? You know, he, he had the injury last year, his rookie year. He definitely showed uh, that he could be elite this year. Seven and a half sacks. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's a starter. Is that a top five pick to pass up on a quarterback? No. So now that draft is being evaluated. You have Garrett Bowles, who it seems like you hit on, but that was it in that draft class. Uh, and then this year, Ryan, I love Jerry Judy. I still love Jerry Judy. Four catches in the past three games. That makes you start questioning it a little bit, right? Or it makes you question uh, the offensive coordinator or the quarterback who's getting him the ball. So, yeah, th th there's a ton of questions there. And, and I'm trying to highlight that because obviously people know there's questions with John Elway. But even the things that he's gotten credit for, which we've given him credit for because we thought he deserved it, those are even now being called into question. Yeah, exactly. And... I don't think there's anyone else you can point to. There's one person who's been a constant during the last five years, and that is John Elway. He's the only person that's been a constant. You can't even say Von Miller has been a constant because he hasn't played this season. John Elway is the constant over the last five years. The Broncos have missed the playoffs all five years. They've been a losing team four out of the last five years. And, you know, I was talking about this. I don't even remember what I Oh, yesterday on, on the Denver Sports Podcast, I said, you know, when we're talking about players, we always point to rings. And then there's always a counter argument that says that the rings aren't all about players. And, and you know, uh, it's not Peyton Manning's fault that Raheem Moore couldn't cover a deep pass against the Baltimore Ravens. And I believe in that. You can't say that about a GM. All those players are his players. He put them in those positions. And at this point, John Elway has literally put every single player that is on the Broncos in their position. And he's put every single coach that's involved in their position and they just keep losing. So it is on John Elway. Uh, and he's the most important figure in Broncos history, maybe next to only Pat Bolin. And he's also the reason why the Broncos, uh, maybe the main reason why the Broncos haven't had a winning season in four straight years. Now, what I will say is for a while there, especially when the Broncos were good, he kept missing in the draft. And that's why we're in this stretch right now. Well, he started to hit more in the draft. So while he might be the main problem, he also might be the only hope at a solution. Uh, and you have to hope that the Bradley Chubbs and the Jerry Judys of the world click in the next, you know, next season because they're the ones who are going to – and Noah Fant and Drew Locke, those are the guys who are going to be able to bring the Broncos out of this. And if they do, we'll be looking back at John Elway and saying, okay, well, he he was dealt an extremely difficult hand trying to replace Peyton Manning, who he brought in and deserves all the credit for those successes. And then he eventually got him out of it. Unfortunately, replacing Peyton Manning and replacing a Super Bowl-caliber team is extremely difficult. Yeah, it absolutely is. And Ryan, this is going to get even more heated. People are either going to like John Elway more and, and turn more toward him, or they're going to be so much more negative 
about him with what's coming up in the next year. And the next year, John Elway is on the final year of his deal, meaning there could be even more pressure on him to go for the big home run, to go for the grand slam, to either end that season on a high note and just walk away on a high note, or to try to prove to, to Joe Ellis or to the next Broncos owner that he should be here and get another big five-year contract after this. So that means he's going to be swinging for the home run, potentially. And Ryan, when you swing for the home run and you connect, it's great. I mean, it, it's, it's Peyton Manning, and that ball is going far. Let's say you swing and you miss. Let's say you don't get Peyton Manning. Then where are the Broncos? Brock Osweiler? But for be, instead of the Peyton Manning era, uh, and who knows? I'm not putting that on him at all. But what I mean is Drew Locke may very well get another year as the Broncos quarterback. And some people may say that's right. Some people may say that's wrong. But John Elway also may say, I've got one more year and I've got to make a big time move. And so he may go out and trade a first rounder or two or something in order to try to get Matt Stafford uh, to be the Broncos quarterback. And Ryan, if that's a home run and the Broncos are keeping up with the Chiefs because of all this young talent that the Broncos have and a Vic Fangio strong defense and now you got a legit quarterback, well, then that could be huge. What if he misses? And what if Matt Ryan is the quarterback that, what, is like 7-38 and 38 against winning teams and has had no Worst. success in the playoffs and a guy that, uh, that, that can't win games for you, he just puts up numbers and you traded away a top 5, top 10 pick who could have been your quarterback? then yikes. So I think that the stakes are going to be even higher for John next year. And that's going to mean that he's going to do some even crazier things. And again, it could work out or it could just get more people really, really point fingers. And Ryan, in our comment section, I mean, it's just, it's just blowing up about people saying it's Elway, it's Elway, it's Elway. And, and Zach, he's in a contract year next year. How, how could you possibly, possibly uh, justify signing a guy to a new contract who has not had a winning season under his entire last contract because he's John Elway and 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 list right there because he's the only constant in your three Super Bowls that you have and I'm just I'm not saying that's that's right I'm just Gary saying Kubiak also why. constant oh you're right maybe maybe Coops can come back that's that's the only winning formula yeah um. I just, it's going to be really difficult if the Broncos do this again next year, which I don't think they will, but it's certainly on the table uh, to justify some sort of new contract for John Elway. And you said it, there's only one reason it's because he's John Elway. And that's not going to fly for a lot of fans. Um, the Broncos are obviously going to sell out their season tickets, especially after a season where no one could go. And they're not going to have to worry about that. But the Broncos are going to be facing a lot of pressure next year. And like you said, maybe they swing for the fences. Maybe they run it back and say, we believe in what we've got here. I think the last two games of the season are going to tell us a lot about which one of those things happens. Uh, and obviously, we'll be right here with you guys every step of the way. Before we get out of here, though, I want to give a shout out to WGT World Golf Tour. You can go to dnvrgolf.com and download the World Golf Tour app. Get in on uh, our tournaments every single weekend. Join the DNVR4 Country Club. All you got to do is download the app, go into the Country Club section, hit the search button, type in DNVR4, all caps, no spaces, and get in on our weekly tournaments. They run every single weekend. We've got the Santa's, Santa's Workshop Shootout or something like that this week, again, uh, at Kiowa Island, which you can get in on. All you got to do is play, and you get entered 
to win a prize, which is always awesome. You don't have to do much. Just play. Just download the app. Go to dnvrgolf.com to download it. Get in on one of the most popular golf apps in the entire world. Almost a 1,000 members of the DNVR family playing along with you every single week. So get in on WGT uh, and enjoy all of that. For us, though, that's going to wrap it up for this post-game show. A very frustrating one for the Broncos. Plenty of fingers to point. And, of course, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow uh, to figure out uh, – actually, we'll be back with you guys on Monday to talk more about what went down here. But uh, as for today, that's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you guys all for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon.